podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. I think it was a disgraceful performance and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. everyone and welcome to the cricket podcast where we'll be reviewing the last couple of matches from the IPL. Uh, today we had Sunrisers Hyderabad taking on uh, and losing comfortably to Chennai Super Kings and yesterday we had a real thriller as Delhi Capitals, uh, out, well Shimmer and Hetmeyer <laughs> came up just short against Royal Challengers Bangalore. Max how are you doing? You're uh, a winning fan today. Uh, you, are you happy? Um, I'm very happy, Jack. Uh, still very happy. Still, still top of the top of the world and top of the top of the table. It's uh, it's a it's a great time to be a CSK fan against all the odds. And Dan, um, the good news is that we don't have to talk about KL Rahul today. Uh, <laughs> the bad news is that we are going to have to talk about Sunrisers Hyderabad. But mm. the excellent news is that Royal Challengers Bangalore held on by one run yesterday. So the bandana is that going to be back in action today? Let's do it. Join, <laughs> join, join top. I don't believe in net run rate, but uh, so so we're we're top of the league with CSK. We're six points ahead of the chasing pack in the race for qualification as well. So this is going up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic, right, boys? Um, where do we start? Where do we start? We start with some messages, Max, don't we? Uh, what do you want to tell our listeners? We do. Uh, yes, our listeners should uh, follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the Cricket Pod, and they should also like and subscribe, uh, like to this video, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Click that little bell button to uh, stay in touch with uh, with us, and um, and also check out our sponsors, Woodstock Cricket, as you can see the the bag modelled nicely behind me there in in the background. Uh, yeah, you can. I don't know if modelled nicely is how I'd phrase that, but it is there. In the background. Uh, Max, another question for you. Have you clicked record? Because we've been having trouble with that on our last few episodes. Yes, I have clicked record. Yep. Okay, so that's good. That will be better audio quality all round uh, for the people who listen over on Spotify. Um, A couple of other reminders. You should be a cross-format hero, boys. Um, Make, you know, subscribe on YouTube and then go and subscribe on Spotify. It's it's all about being a three-dimensional cricket supporter these days uh, and that will make us our day uh, and you can join our patreon or our channel on youtube for as little as one pound per month if you want to give it to us directly um or hit us up in the super chat as vic just has and we will say thank you to people who uh super chat us this week shall we start with some cricket first up though boys that's what we're here well, for probably yeah yeah um so today we'll start with sunrisers v Chennai Super Kings. Um, first of all, I, I'm just going to ask a question. What's going on here? Does Sunrisers Hyderabad play about four times as many matches as everyone else, or or does it just feel it's, like that? Yeah, it's it's that classic um, classic theory of relativity business, isn't it? You know, time <laughs> time just goes on and on and on when Sunrisers <laughs> are playing. It does. <laughs> you could live you could live four full lives, I reckon, if if you were just watching Sunrisers Hyderabad. Uh, play cricket back to back. Uh, second of all, here's what's happened in the match. Um, Sunrisers Hyderabad, uh, Warner won the toss and he decided he would bat. Uh, so they did bat. Bairstow fell 
relatively early in the innings. But then they didn't lose another wicket until the 18th over, which sounds like it would be a recipe for a monster score. Um, unfortunately, David Warner had other ideas as he podded along at a runner ball to score uh, 57 or 55 or 55 or 57. I think I got my 50s mixed up there. Uh, Manish Pandey at the other end was absolutely flying in comparison as he reached 61 with a strike rate over 140. So well done to Manish Pandey for, um, you know, being better than Dave Warner. Um, Anyway, this curious approach to T20 batting left Sunrisers miles short of a good score before Kane Williamson uh, and um, checks notes. Kadar Jadav (laughs) (laughs) managed to hit 37 off the last 13 balls of the innings to get them up to 171, which wasn't a total disgrace. Um, In reply, CSK got off to a flyer, uh, reaching 91 for no loss at the halfway point in the innings. Uh, And then in the second half, they had another flyer as they won the game with nine balls to spare, seven wickets in hand. Uh, Faf and Guyquad doing most of the damage, picking up a 50 each. A comfortable win, Max, for your men in yellow. Yep, absolutely smashed it. And uh, I think what um, what I enjoyed most about it was after David Warner's obvious struggles, how uh, Guyquad and uh, Faf just came out. And it was like they just like sort of maybe, it was like sweeping up a bit of dust in the corner and being like, yeah, well, it's done. Yeah, cheers, boys. Move on. It was uh, it was imperious, wasn't it? It was really um, something. Let's let's rewind though. Uh, I'm glad you're happy, Max. But let, let's rewind to probably the pivotal innings of the match uh, played by David Warner. Um, Crickviz released a one of their stats. One of their stats where they don't actually explain how they've got the number, so it's sort of useless um, to observers but they they said this innings was worth minus 15.2 runs apparently uh right which is the 15th worst out of 9724 t20 innings they have on record so you know that that does tell you it was pretty bad vic has already mentioned in the super chat that maybe um csk could have gone for the tactical drop uh of david water <laughs> he was batting so bad and that might have saved them a few runs um, Dan, I'm, I'm going to let you have first dibs on David Warner. How catastrophically bad was this knock from the Sunrisers captain? Yeah, it was beyond terrible. Um, I don't know if, uh, how many people in the in the chat were listening to the English commentary we get on Sky Sports, but Pommy and Bangwa said, uh, and that is a fantastic milestone for David Warner when he hit a boundary. It was <laughs> 10,000 T20 run, right? At that point, before he announced it was his 10,000 T20 run, I thought he was going to turn around and go, and he's now above 90 strike rate. <laughs> it, was, it was that bad. I mean, I've got some notes here, okay? So Warner from 2019 onwards, including today's match, is running at a 15.5 boundary percentage. That's a below average boundary percentage for a T20 batter. When you're an opening batsman, an overseas opening batsman, captain of your team and one have the reputation to be one of the best players in the tournament that is not good now he's also got a strike rate of about 129 against pace 146 against spin so whereas we previously we've advocated Coley opening the batting for for RCB based on his preference of pace I actually think we could make the opposite argument for Warner and he should go like three or four and you could probably switch manage Pandey with with Warner and be quite happy about it and I think that he's kind of he's regressed as a player in terms of 
he's he's not fear he's not fearful fearful anymore because he's not a boundary hitter. His boundary hitting numbers are below average. He used to be so good. I remember him four or five years ago. Like he could destroy teams, and now he's a below average hitter. It's just it's a shame. Maybe it's age when he's thirty four now, and maybe that that time does come for everyone. But but cricket has this kind of propensity to. Uh, overvalue old old players and I think if football was cricket you know Michael Owen David Beckham and Wayne Rooney would still be playing in the IPL the way that the way that the IPL teams <laughs> favor old players but the other point I wanted to make about Warner's innings is that he faced almost half the balls in the in the SRH innings but he only hit 22 dots and SRH as a team only had 36 dots right the 36 dots is pretty low and I'm thinking to myself Again, but tots mean nothing. It's boundaries. And the whole of the Sunrisers team had the same amount of boundaries as Guy Quad and Duplessis between them. That was the biggest problem. And, and and you can talk about Warner saying, oh, his timing was off and blah, bloody, bloody, blah, blah. Well, try playing an aerial shot once in a blue moon. Try actually trying to hit sixes. Like all these cross batted shots into the ground is just a load of rubbish. There's no intent there at all. It's it's too responsible. He he he's he's caught between this like rock and a hard place of trying to attack and then trying to see the innings through. And you can't do both. No player, unless you're A.B. de Villiers, can do both. It is impossible. So just give up on it. Play your natural game. And if it's not good enough, then your, your team recruited badly. And I think we can all agree that that happened. <laughs> I think we can get onto that in a, in a moment. I'm really glad you've touched on a couple of points there, both David Warner's regression and the way he batted today. Um, so I don't know about you two, but my sort of personal barometer, a really headline level for whether a top-order batter is excellent or not is if if they're scoring runs and they're maintaining a strike rate over 150 um mm-hmm. so just as like a basic check that's what i look for when i you know look through stats basically um, when i fancy nerding out <laughs> uh, warner has had three seasons like that in the ipl the last one was five years ago as you said dan in 2016 i'm gonna go out on a limb and i don't think i'm gonna say i don't think that he's capable of producing that type of cricket anymore and I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, I think, first of all, I think he might genuinely just be a bit selfish. Um, I don't... To bat in a slightly more reckless manner and possibly sacrifice, you know, or to possibly leave some runs out there when I think it's probably fair to say he's carrying around a pretty big ego and thinks he's the best player on the team. I don't think whether he necessarily has the capacity to do that. I think on top of that, I'm not 100% sure he understands how you're supposed to play cricket in Mm -hmm. T20 cricket. I actually think he might need someone to sit down with him and explain sort of what you're talking about, Dan, in terms of how boundary percentages is really what you should be striving for and not uh, limiting the number of dot balls. And that might sound ridiculous, but there are plenty of examples in other sports where where people who have excelled at the sport haven't grasped the fundamentals Mm -hmm. of why they are being successful. And I think beyond that, on a technical level, there are a couple of problems with, with how Dave Warner bats and people know about them. He is struggling more and more as he gets older against bowlers who can move the ball away from him consistently, particularly at pace. Um, so that, that stat you mentioned about strike rate, Dan, I think is quite revealing there because uh, you can see there's a, there's a reasonably significant differential in terms of you know, how he scores against pace bowling and how mm-hmm. he scores against spin bowling and I think the, the cat's out the bag to some extent on that we've seen Joffre Hutchin knock over his off stump so many times in different formats broad 
you know, I know it's test cricket, but it, it, they're both, the, the two of them are providing a little bit of a, a format for how to bowl to a guy who is going to play with a technique that that, that is kind of test crickety in T20 cricket. And, and it's just leading, or it has led, to, I mean, in my mind, to a regression that's probably not reversible for Warner. And I think the other point you make, and Max, maybe you want to speak about a little bit about this because you've been quiet for a while now, was that the, the shots he did play today, I, I don't recall off the top of my head a single piece of improvisation i don't know if you 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 did max or yes i recall one piece of improvisation it was my favorite moment of the entire game when he tried to step across and do a paddle over his shoulder and just fell over (laughs) it was absolutely brilliant (laughs) he just ended up in a heap and you could hear him sort of grimace as he went down and just sort of like go ah as he as he crumpled to the floor um but that was the one bit that you uh, that, that I saw and um he said at the end of the game that he uh you know he admitted that he was terrible which is a good step right he realized he batted too slowly it would be pretty difficult not to realize that but he did at least come out and say it um he touched on another point that he that could have benefited the team which was maybe he should have kicked his stumps over but um uh, more, more, re- um, you know, more seriously, he was he was blaming it on hitting the fielders, and uh, and that is that is really um, kind of the point, isn't it, that Dan made? Like, oh, why are you hitting the fielders? That is your fault. Not like, oh, I just happened. He said, oh, I, I was hitting, I kept hitting it straight to the fielders. Uh, there was nothing I could do about it. It's like, well, there is a hundred percent something you can do about it, and that is think about where the field is, think about the shots you're going to play. Add some invention, like you say, Jack. And I was also, like you said, uh, Dan, try and go over the fielders <laughs> because he definitely can do that. Um, and there were some shots that he did time straight to the fielders. So uh, if you time it over the fielders, then you don't have to worry about them. It was a really, it was a really bizarre innings. And uh, the commentators talked a lot about how he looked frustrated. You know, he was trying, but he wasn't, was he? He wasn't trying enough, and he wasn't doing the right things. And I think that goes back to what you say, Jack, about not really, not really getting what he needs to do. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe the next innovation. It's interesting that he talked about hitting to the fielders, and, and Dan, it's interesting that you mentioned uh well effectively um him not hitting the ball in the air enough um i i reckon one of the next innovations will happen in t20 cricket and dan we spoke about this off air is is people improving their launch angle when they hit the ball and what i mean by that is it's them hitting the ball up better Mm. um with with changing their technique slightly so that when you cover drive the ball for instance you don't do it like Warner or you don't do it like uh, Shubman Gill, I think is the, the player me and Dan were talking about. You do it like Sanju Samson. So you you extend through it and the ball, you know, goes up at 30 degrees. You almost and, lean and then back you, a bit. Yeah, you've got a chance at a, a four or a six. And the, I don't know how significant building changes like that to a batter's technique will be, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure that um, how consistently batters are able to hit the ball in the air will be one of the next innovations that we see on TV broadcasts. And I think that probably happens in the nets and stuff and, and with coaching. But I think that's that's where the game's heading. Uh, and, and Warner, I think, effectively has sort of been left behind, is what we're all saying. Uh, we do have a couple of super chats. One from Vic, who talks about age, saying Shikha Darwan's 35, A.B. de Villiers is 37, 34 should be prime. I think age is different for different players and, and, and different styles of play. And I, I think it's possible the age has caught up with um, Warner quicker than the other two. And I think the other two as well have reinvented their games a little bit. Shikhar Darwan plays cricket different now to how he did in the past. 
And so do Faf Duplessis. You know, I'm not the biggest buyer of Faf Duplessis. I don't love him, but he's a, certainly he's a capable opener. I'm not going to say he shouldn't have an IPL contract. Um, and well, I'm not going to say that about Warner either. But um, you know, I, we, we 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 think of Warner as one of the great, if not the greatest, T20 opening batter. Gale's probably ahead of him, isn't he? Uh, and today was was ugly. I mean, that creep is that 15th worst out of 9,724 innings. Yeah, I saw another stat oh. that said that his uh, his innings had a, a minus 2% impact on the uh, on the win probability for... Uh, minus for, 2, um... stick a zero at the end of that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to, do, to, to, come out, to come out with that, to, go out, to score 57 and have, have a negative impact on your team as uh, chances of winning the game kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Jack, Jack, you talk about David Warner, like you're not going to turn around and say that he shouldn't get an IPL contract next time out in the mega auction, right? We, we can do what I call the Steve Smith test on Warner right now, okay? If you get his numbers from 2019 onwards and you don't know who that player is, he's just called Player X, I'm not sure you would give him a contract, especially as an overseas player. I think, right, so there's a few things. If he didn't know if it was Warner. I wouldn't be paying him 12 crore. I'd be paying him a lot less than 12 crore. (laughs) There's going to be an expansion next year. And I I think just the raw volume of runs will be attractive to some some teams. I mean, he'll get contract. I'm saying, yeah, maybe he shouldn't. I mean, he wouldn't be my first choice. But, you know, if you need a backup anchor... He's. I think he's better than like Steve Smith still. Oh, yeah. uh, should we? Should we move on from Warner? I've had. You know, there's one last thing I'd want to say on Warner because I thought this was really funny. Uh, within an hour of him being out, there were 26.2 thousand tweets. Basically, or I didn't read them all, obviously, but the, the, the general theme being David Warner is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> um, Heisenberg, I think, came up with the best theory uh, so, about why this. Uh, why the why the innings may have happened, and he says David Warner is just teaching a live le- a life lesson to manage Pandey on how frustrating it is to watch him bat like this. Walter White's alter ego get involved with the kind of kind of worked a bit. Managed Pandey it all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, if we're going to get to your super chat just in a little bit, but it's about when we get, when we talk about uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore. Um, let's just finish off the first bit of this game, though. Williamson and Kadar Jadav. Um, I think we said Williamson's got a pretty good strike rate at the death, Dan. Uh, mm-hmm. Kadar Jadav doesn't, um, but he managed to, you know, hit twelve from three balls. A pretty decent contribution for him. Yeah, well, we, we spoke about Williamson, I think, on the last pod, didn't we, about how he's actually got a pretty good strike rate at the death for who, someone who's probably you know, a little bit more more conservative than 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 most. Um, but he's he's an excellent player. He's very adaptable, and, and he showed that again here. Of course, there's the uh, obvious argument they should have been batting about 10 overs before he actually came in. Um, and Akido Yadavam, what can you say about him? Now, from 2019 onwards, he's got a strike rate of 84 at the death, as opposed to about 60 before. So uh, he's, he's managed to improve that very, very slightly. Uh, my my thoughts of whether a 36-year-old Akido uh, Yadav can actually uh, break the 120 barrier at the death this, by the end of this season is certainly uh, up for debate. <laughs> um, yeah, Williamson was good. I think... You know, we were talking about how much they're paying people. Kane Williamson gets paid about a quarter of what Manish Pandey and Dave Warner 
get paid. And he has to come in every different, every mat time he comes in, it's a completely different scenario that he's being asked. There's, oh, this week you're rebuilding the innings. This week you're the anchor. This week you're uh, coming in for the 10 balls at the death to try and hit as many sixes as possible. And he always seems to deliver something. So if I were him, I'd be asking for a pay rise. Um, and, yeah. you know, or, or at least for Dave Warner and Manish Pandey to pick up the bar tab. Uh, at the end of the tournament, <laughs> you're very, you're very rarely looking at a Sunrisers game and going, "Oh, what was Kane Williamson doing there?" Aren't you? Like he, he is Mister Mister Reliable and yep. must be quite frustrated. Yeah, I would be if I were him. Um, let's talk about Sunrisers Hyderabad on the bowling side because it took them a long time to pick up a wicket. Max, um, their two best bowlers are gone. Um, teams can go back to just blocking out Rashid Khan. We speculate he might win the purple cap. The, the wicket you're one. Getting there, you're getting there. Yeah. If um, if if he had some bowlers to back him up, so that people couldn't just play him out. But we're back to that. Like people are like, I mean, today they actually played some shots, but yeah, they well, they won the to. game by then. Um, what does that mean for our prediction that Rashid Khan will win the purple cap? And and two, if Sunrisers Hyderabad's game plan is to rely on their bowling, uh, how screwed are they right now? Well, the uh, our theory is has well. Yeah, the theory we had about why he would win the, the Purple Cap is uh, no longer tenable because he has no support whatsoever around him. <laughs> like it was last year, it was a bit bad. This year is even even worse now, isn't it? Like they've got they've got nothing really to to back him up, and it's just it is going to be a case of we will see Rashid Khan come on probably in the seventh over because they need something to try and change the game. He'll probably go at seven seven and over maybe pick up a wicket or two uh he did well to pick up three today with some with some lovely bowling at the end but like i said by that point the game was gone so uh he's uh he's gonna be look he's gonna be the uh the kane williamson of the bowling attack i think and just be looking around him and going what is this what is this rubbish yeah. um and i've forgotten what your second question was um i think you kind of answered both um, to be honest, it was it was one about Rashid Khan and one about Sunrisers Hyderabad's you know bowling prospects for how it will affect their game plan. And, and oh badly, yeah, I mean they're, I think they're stuffed. They are absolutely stuffed. I mean, I don't, I genuinely see no hope for them whatsoever at this point. Yeah. Um, do, right. So we've got I have two more talking points on this, and unless anyone else wants to add anything in, uh, we've got Chennai Super Kings, and I think we we've talked a lot about Sunrisers, and quite often on this show we do, you know going heavy on the negativity uh, and fail to dole out the praise. So I think we should apportion some praise to Chennai Super Kings. Do we want to do that first or do we want to talk about how Sunrisers Hyderabad's recruitment policy is so terrible? Max, you can be the arbiter. Well, let's 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 start let's let's get some good stuff in because we have cool. been a little negative for, for thus far. <laughs> Um, Chennai Superkins is all coming down really rather nicely for them, isn't it? We we predicted before the tournament that they might struggle, and we actually predicted that Sunrisers Hyderabad wouldn't struggle and that they would would be not a banker team to make the playoffs, but we thought they would. Um, complete role reversal. And actually, probably to my surprise, it's sort of their bowling up front that's leading this charge. Um, Max, off the top of your head, this is good. this is a tough one. How many balls per wicket are they bowling in the power play at the moment? What's their strike rate in the power play? Uh, 14. It's 13. That's a really good guess, Max. Uh, I can tell you're a big fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we have to say, uh, 
I, I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't think that Deepak Chahar would roll back the year, so to speak, um, and bowl like this, Dan. I mean, I don't know. Was there anything in the in the numbers that suggested yeah. that they, they might be as dangerous up front? I like Chahar as a power play bowler. He's pretty much a... You could go just go straight through with Chahar. He is a specialist power play bowler. Yeah, yeah um, I actually really like him. I don't think the uh, tracks in the UAE last year were to, to his favour, but he's got a pretty good track record in India of... of going pretty well in the power play. Um, Sam Curran's kind of backed him up a little bit. The um, the one big issue for them at the moment is uh, Shadal Takur, who uh, mm. is, is oh, I mean, his numbers aren't good. And, and his, uh, his, his, uh, his over to Kane Williamson uh, was as much, as much to, to blame. We tried to positivity and it lasted one Sorry. player. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad over though, wasn't it? Oh, I don't. I don't really get him. You know, we talked about players before that we don't get, and he's one of them. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in that camp as well. Um, but on top of, of Deepak Chahar, we've seen Ravi Jadeja after his sort of long injury break come back in, and you know he was pretty f- phenomenal again. First ball of the match today, Dave Warner took on uh, Jadeja and got away with it. How many times out of ten do you reckon they get away with that, Max? Uh, well, I think you'd have to you'd have to extend the scale a bit. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, he he's been phenomenal with both bat and ball and hands. Um, Yeah, and actually, uh, maybe a bit of a surprise package—not a surprise package because he was okay last year. But I think uh, Bruce Raj Gaikwad has shown a little bit more dynamism this year. So we, in in our preview, I think we said he didn't hit enough boundaries, but I think in in at least a couple of the games, uh, Dana, maybe you can corroborate this. He has looked a little bit more explosive and punchy uh, than we thought he would be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we spoke last year about him having the second lowest boundary count in the entire comp last year behind, uh, you know, we say in front of Virat Kohli, uh, but he certainly kicked on uh, in that area this year. I mean, he had uh, 12 fours in 44 balls today, which is 27% boundaries. And uh, incidentally, that's actually triple David Warner's boundary percentage <laughs> for the match. So uh, yeah. nicely segs into that, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then um, I, I guess. The, the final question is, are we Arch and I sort of nailed on at this point, Max, for the playoffs? Or, or are you worried that things like a really high strike rate in the power play might not be sustainable and, and, and that they'll, they'll you know, surrender a little bit of the momentum that they've got at the moment? I think, I think they're, um, they're pretty, pretty close. I wouldn't say nailed on. By any by any stretch, because you never know what might happen. But I think they're they're as close as they can be to being uh, very very comfortable. I think uh, what what has happened is you look at the teams they've played. Obviously, the win against uh, RCB was a surprise and and uh, and really really uh, really excellent. But aside from that, they uh, they lost to the Delhi Capitals, but they've beaten Sunrisers, who are like dreadful as we've seen, and then KKR and. Rajasthan Royals and Punjab Kings, who all um, showed the worst of what they have to offer this year in those in those particular games. So there is uh, there is a little bit of uh, a bit of gloss on it from from that perspective, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when they come back into Mumbai and um, and see if they can they can uh, keep that they... keep that running. But they do all still have to play all the terrible teams again. So I think uh, they'll be a, they'll be, they'll have enough to get the. <laughs> <laughs> the extra three wins that's probably needed to 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 get through, and I mean, in terms of whether they can keep it up, um, the the batting order is looking solid, and I think it's yeah. You know, when you've like uh, Deepak Chahar is 
basically he's in the side to kind of do that, isn't he? Have a have a high strike rate in the power play. So if he's performing well, then then I'd say absolutely that's a that's a sustainable sustainable thing. It's just um, whether he can keep the keep the level up. There we go. Uh, I should mention we've had a really nice sticker from Sorteen in the live chat of a fox which is writing number one on a piece of paper. So thank you very much uh, for that super chat. Let's talk about Sunrise's recruitment because there was a big debate on Twitter today um, between people who think that Sunrise's Hyderabad have recruited badly. Uh, I think that probably includes all three of us. And people who think that they maybe have the players and are trying the wrong tactics, or there's just some bad juju uh, in <laughs> in the room at the moment, and that and that is contributing to them uh, failing. Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about this in a little bit more detail? Because I, I saw you got into a right ding dong with somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't know if you guys have uh, been a bit of a fan of Blackadder in the past, but um, oh yeah, there was there was an episode where. Um, uh, Captain Redbeard Rum said he was going to sail around the Cape of Good Hope, and they said that someone said, "Was it is it is it too dangerous to go there?" And he said, "Well, there are two schools of thought: everyone else's and mine." <laughs> and, I think, and I think that was basically you could say the same thing for those Sunrisers apologists today. Everyone else has got the same school of thought apart from you. So <laughs> it was. I mean, I just don't get it. Okay, it's like. You have Bairstow, Williamson, and Rasha Khan in the same team. Okay, like, Rasha Khan is like messy. You could say like Bairstow, Williamson, like Harry Kane and Bruno Fernandes. So you got three like real top players. One absolute like marquee, no better player than. And he basically got a load of League One players to shove with him and go, oh, "Go and beat Man City, can you?" It's just not going to happen. Like honestly, I, I talk a lot about like this domestic core of play. Of, a good team has a domestic, good domestic core. Do Sunrisers have a good domestic core? Absolutely not. No, I mean, on the bowling side, they've got Boovy and yeah, but he, but Natarajan. We said before the tournament with Boovy, the big caveat about their success was whether he stayed fit. Yeah, and, and he hasn't. And he hasn't. And he didn't last year either. So putting all of your faith in one domestic bowler is like, it's, it's crazy. Um, I so I, I agree massively massively with you, Dan. So I, I think going back to the, the was it the 2018 mega auction? I think it was 2018. Yeah. Um they the, the decision to spend eleven crore on managed Pandey's bizarre. Uh at that point you can kind of forgive them Warner, I think. He, he yeah. probably they thought he was a banker, but and it's not quite turned out that way. Uh, so, so the decision to spend that much money on a player who isn't very good, if we're being honest, uh, or maybe should be a role player. Uh, was strange but then in following auctions here are just some of the players that they have missed out on so Rahul Tripathi, uh Tawari probably could have done a job in in a couple of years Sharat Khan this year Azaruddin Patadar Gaikwad Padakal Jaiswal um, uh, what baffles me is that they haven't once this hole in their batting order effectively has been identified that they haven't really uh, aggressively recruited to try and fill it. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, because they had... I mean, like if you, if you go through all of their stats, say from like 2017 onwards, right? They have this common denominator that they are one of, if not the worst death hitters in the league, okay? This is not rocket science, okay? So you would think that 
the, the think tank, whoever is making these decisions, because there seems to be a bit of debate about that in some quarters at the moment as well, who you would identify the gaps and then address those gaps, right? Go into auction and think, okay, well, we need a finisher. How about we, I don't know, bid on Charlotte Khan or, or whoever, yeah? There's other options, of course, too. And they go, ah, nah, we'll get kid Yad having shut the laptop <laughs> and, two, <laughs> and, two, and two spinners. I mean, like, what? It's just, it's just, it's just mind blowing. And if if there's me who can sit at home in a home office, knowing that boundary percentage wins you eighty, net, winning a boundary percentage in the match, it wins you eighty five percent of matches. And I'm sitting there in a home office in the north of England, not being able to do anything about this because these people running these teams just, in my opinion, just don't have a clue. I mean, look, I've got a RCB face mask on my head as a bandana, and I still think I could do a better job running them too. <laughs> <laughs> people do. But I think that's a great place to leave Sunrisers until the next time, and hopefully in their next game we can just breeze through their next defeat. Uh, Max, yesterday was, was a great game. Um, an absolute, you know, maybe the game of the tournament so far. Royal Challengers Bangalore v Delhi Capitals. What happened? Yeah, so second v third place yesterday and the thus far impressive RCB and Delhi Capitals did battle in Ahmedabad. We had been hoping maybe for some closer results after a, a few games where it had all been a bit of a, a damp squib and one side had run away with it, but not so yesterday. Batting first um, were RCB and against some good power play bowling from uh, Avish Khan and Ishant, they got off to uh, a bit of a sticky start and and runs didn't come especially freely despite uh, Patidar's 31 off 22, which as we have recently mentioned might be quite welcome in the Sunrisers top order. Um, But uh, after this fairly sticky start, not for the first time in this tournament, a man called A.B. de Villiers strode to the crease and he appeared to be operating in a completely different universe to absolutely everyone else in uh, in the whole of the province. And he just smashed 75 or 42 to probably take RCB from what was slightly below par to slightly above par, all on his own, because he is just a freak. Um Delhi Capitals innings took on quite a similar form, really. Uh, not much fluency up top. Rishabh Pant, in particular, really struggled to find the boundary uh, in his 58-run uh, innings. And all hope pretty much looked lost after about 13, 14 overs until Shimran Hetmeyer turned up. And he reply- reprised the role of AB, uh, maybe even uh, a bit better, Um firing rockets all over the place and took DC to within spitting distance what would have been a pretty miraculous win at the time but with 14 needed off the final over and uh, 6 off the final ball Rishabh Pant couldn't quite clear the rope and uh, Siraj and RCB held on for uh, a nerve jangling one run win where do we want to start with this one then, Max, in terms of questions and talking I, points? I think there's only one, one place we can start really and that's got to be uh, A.B. de Villiers he is... Um, well, you said it, he's 37 and he basically only really plays T20 cricket now. Maybe the odd T10 just uh, just has a bit of a bit of hit and giggle. And he just seems to be maturing with age like a like a fine wine, um, like a fine, a fine South African wine. And it's just it's stunning, really, isn't it? How how well he's done so far. He's basically carried RCB in multiple games this season in the batting order. Um, so I would like to know how you stop him in this kind of form. Is there anything that people can do to stop AB just dismantling their bowling attacks? 
I'm going to pass on that one, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to watch and enjoy it. As much as you can enjoy it as an opposition team. Um, This guy is on another planet. He is, without a doubt, the best T20 batsman in the world. And it's not even close. If you so, I look at two metrics as massively important when you're looking at the setting of T20 batsmen: boundary percentage versus balls per dismissal, right? And the, the ideal player would be in a top right-hand corner, which is high boundary percentage and high boundary uh, high balls per dismissal. And it's very, very rare to find players in that top right-hand corner because usually balls per dismissal is traded off with boundary hitting because you can't usually do you, you do one or the other. You're an anchor or you're a hitter. He does both. He's like the only player in that top right-hand corner in pretty much every tournament that he plays in. The guy is unbelievable. Like he, he's 37 years of old. We talk about players in decline. He's clearly not in decline. This is a player who has it all. And he's going in my in my view, he should go down as arguably the great T20 player of the last decade. He's also now doing it keeping wicket, which is uh, like you know, I expected RCB to maybe play uh, Azradine and have someone actually keeping wicket and allow AB just to sort of trot around at short fine leg or something. But he's also also now behind the stumps and doing all this, so it's uh, extra impressive. Yes, it is. Um, beyond that, because he was given the chance to shine a little bit um, by what I think was some questionable captaincy from Rishabh Pant. Yes. Um who decided that he was going to give a one over spell to Marcus Stoinis uh in the 20th over of the IPL match with De Villiers on strike and um, set and batting really well. Yeah, uh so it's interesting that this ended up happening in the first place to be honest because mm-hmm. I, I I think at the time the decision was basically between Amit Mishra and Stoinis. Now, Mishra, I, I don't know whether either of those two options are exactly what I'd want for the last the twentieth over of the game. My question, Max, is, is sort of how did how did this happen? <laughs> I, I genuinely, I genuinely think he must have got uh, his numbers wrong and and got the got the bowling uh, got the the overs wrong because I can't possibly understand why you would let that let that happen. Like even like uh, you know, you've got. Other like, like Axel Patel did uh, bowled the super over um, the other the other the other game, so he would have been an option. Um, Kahisa Rabada obviously bowls a lot at the death and picks up wickets there. He would have been an option, and Avish Khan was bowling really well, and he would have been an option. But I I just I don't uh, yeah he had better options and he bowled them all out and surely he knew I think because Rabada bowled his fourth over in the was it the eighteenth he bowled. And you're just sort of when that happened, you're looking at it thinking, well, "What? That can't be right. What's what's happened there?" Now maybe he's, maybe now he's he stuck. E eighteen. Yeah, I, it was strange. I, I've long thought the Delhi Capitals slightly overvalue or majorly overvalue Marcus Stoinis, and they seem to think that he is Shane Watson when he isn't. He is. Um, no, he'd never Marcus. review a, a Plum LBW. No. Well, he's Marcus Stoinis. Uh, <laughs> like he's a kind of an average middle-order batter, which isn't necessarily bad because most people can't be average. But he's like he sort of fills the role as a middle-order batter. And he's a pretty sub-average bowler. I, I just, 
I can't believe that the, like the, the highest leverage moment in this entire cricket match was bowled by Marcus Stoinis. It absolutely, <laughs> positively baffles me that this this was able to happen. I, I did I actually looked into this because I thought this can't be right. Like there there must have been some thought behind this. Apparently, he has bowled the twentieth over in a game nine times before, and and previously. He has an okay record. The worst he's ever bowled was an over that went for 12. In those I, games, had he bowled overs before in the game? I, I've no idea, but, but I think sort of beyond that, I, it's such a misread of the situation from Rishabh Pant. Even if that was part of the plan and they knew that Stoinis could bowl that over, as soon as it's De Villiers in, you need to change your plan. Mm. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't. It's like... A lamb to the slaughter, wasn't it? It, it was. Fe- it was. Richard Pants, yeah. just Mrs. Shepherd waving the <laughs> lamb through to to to, to the, the the Villiers abattoir. I yeah. I it really yeah. You know, completely blew my mind. Um, and then I then then later in the game, Richard Pants' batting was was sort of bizarre as well. Um, Max, he played a bit of a match losing innings. If we're being honest, do you think that was because? his mind was on the the massive error he'd made as captain or or do you just think it was one of those days i i i would say the latter i think um it's it, it's not the first time it's it's happened we saw saw it for most of the last uh ipl in the uae that uh rishabh pant wasn't his uh, normal self he wasn't fluent and wasn't really um striking the ball properly and i think um we saw him on one of those days uh yesterday and even then, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't beyond the the reach, thanks to uh, the brilliance of of Hetmeyer. But uh, it was, yeah, you just you just think you're crying out there, aren't you, for just a couple of uh, a couple of extra balls to have a go at, and and it could have been a an, a different story. Well, I, I was surprised that on Stoinis because they'd recently seemed to have carved out a little niche for him to bowl an over or two in the first power play, and actually he was doing that quite well with a little bit of nibble early up with the the ball doing doing things for the two overs that it does and that gives you the free freedom and sort of the leeway at the end to actually pick someone that you might want to bowl a closing over if de Villiers is striking the ball over the place so that was another another strange uh a strange bit of of captaincy from me i thought so um yeah it's, i'm I, I i'm a little uh a little down bit downcast about rishab pant's captaincy thus far but um i don't think that is why the batting struggled yeah um dan one for you because someone has pointed out that it's like i've forgotten you're on the podcast so i'm sorry that if i've left you in 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 the corner uh for for too long um they only lost by one run the capitals and that was basically because shimmer and hetmeyer had maybe the game of his ipl career yeah do you want to talk us through that a little bit whether it was expected uh whether we should expect it again in the future Okay, so Shimon Hemeyer is a player who, who I think is really quite fair to say at the IPL level at least is flatter to deceive in, in recent years. Um, I was pretty vocal about the fact that Hetmeyer is not worth 7.75 crore in a, a market which didn't particularly value overseas batsmen at the um, the last mini auction. And well, I think Spanish Pandy's but, worth 11. Oh, well, That's yeah. a steal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that they could have released him and bought him back cheaper, and I still stand by that. Um, but a lot of people on Twitter, there are people on Twitter who who are pretty you know ardent watchers of cricket, and they they maintain that Shimon Hetmyer is this like 
gun batsman waiting to happen. And and I guess yesterday was the first sign that that actually could manifest itself. And, you know, maybe that's a breakthrough innings for him. Whether he's number six, I'm not entirely convinced. I think he should be batting a bit higher up than that. But, um, yeah, he couldn't have done much more to try and get Delhi over the line, could he? No, I, I, I probably... So I've seen these people, and it's, it's kind of... It's like it's almost a meme that Shimran Hetmeyer is a good cricketer. Um, I can't see any real evidence that he is. Now, I, look, I, I I fully understand that I'm I'm saying this after he scored 53 off 26 balls or something ridiculous like that, uh, and almost you know pulled off the biggest burglary of the IPL so far. But I think this is just sort of an example of what he could in 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 theory be, and I don't think he'll ever get there. I just don't think that. You know, he has the game overall. I think a lot of the balls that he ended up hitting for six were were basically, you know, pretty poor deliveries. Um, but he'll have done enough today to justify someone spending uh, five crore on him at the next year auction. So it'll be good for his bank balance. I mean, in a little bit more detail, I think the la- in the last two years, his strike rate is below 130 across all T20s he's played. And that is pretty average for a guy batting four, five, or six, I think. And by pretty average, I don't mean average in terms of like Marcus Stoyan is average enough to get a game. I mean average in the way Australian, the Australian say, sense. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty average. <laughs> um, I, and I, I just, and he averages about 20 with his actual average. <laughs> uh, I don't, I think, and look, he might prove me wrong. Dan, maybe you're right. Uh, this 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 could be the the the, the dawning of the the era of Shimron, but I think he's the batting version of Tom Curran uh, in that he is capable because he has obvious like significant athletic gifts of doing amazing things, just like Tom Curran does occasionally do amazing things. But I don't. But you saw the pair of them; they're useless eight out of ten times they step onto the cricket field, or, or worse than useless sometimes. And I think I do think it's quite interesting that Delhi have ended up with. The, the the Tom Curran of the batting world, the Tom Curran of the bowling world, and also sort of the Tom Curran of the top order batting world in in Steve Smith. Um, but you know they've what have they done, but they've won four out of six matches. Uh, so something something's going quite well for them. Uh, Max, they're anything they're in, a, they're in a league of eight teams where most <laughs> teams are really bad. That's why <laughs> that's why they're third. <laughs> Max, uh, do you want to say anything positive about Delhi, uh, or, or, or should we move on to another point? Um, hmm, Delhi. I mean, pretty uh, sure that's positive. Yeah. Well, it is. What well, it is, but then again, his twenty-one did come off uh, eighteen balls, so it wasn't. It wasn't that positive. I think it started. It started very well, and then kind of ground to a halt, and then he got out. So uh, um, maybe not as not as positive as it looked uh, at first but i mean uh, i think i mentioned last time that he uh, over over the the course of uh, the ipl this year he's looked much more the uh, the pretty sure that we um that we thought he was i i do actually have a bit of um uh, a bit of praise for for the delhi capitals and that's uh, for avesh khan who i think has sort of gone under the radar a bit in terms of how well he's performed uh, this year he's uh, he's not well, he's still a little way off, but he's sort of uh, um, he's got Harshal Patel in his sight on the in the long distance run for the the purple cap, and he he again had a had a really a really good game. Um, he 
was key in the in the game against Sunrisers and again today, uh, yesterday, sorry, um, bowled really well uh, in the power play and uh, and in the middle with uh, only going for twenty four. And he's he's been uh, he's been really important for Delhi Capitals and actually um, providing a bit of uh, I guess structure and. Um, a bit more balance to their their bowling attack. I think it means that they don't have to bowl Stoinis as much. <laughs> so there's some good points for Delhi. I mean, like, look, I I might think that some of their selections are bad, but they've they've actually been decent, better than I thought. I, I think Abit Mishra you can add to the list of positives yeah. as well. Yeah. I wrote him off as like some kind of old man, uh, or f- probably older than what's older than an old man dinosaur. Uh, and he has he's shown that he still has quite a lot of worth. Um, so I, I think they're on the right side. Um, we did have a super chat in from Human Being who just wanted to say thanks, basically. So thank you very much for that. And didn't we, we had uh, one. Didn't we have one earlier as well that you much postponed? earlier? Yes, yes. yes. Sorav from uh, well sent us this. So RCB fan here from the City of Angels. Uh, Patadar looked decent last night, but do you think bringing Finn Allen in at three? Uh, and ignoring Sam's slash Christian might be the way forward. So, Dan, you're just about the biggest Finn Allen fan I've ever heard. Um, Do you want to talk about Finn Allen and why he'd be good for RCB? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Finn Allen, well, he's traditionally more of an open-up than a three, but yeah, I think that there was there was a couple of games earlier on in the tournament where RCB only went with three overseas and they picked Patador as opposed to Finn Allen, which I thought was nuts. Um, Patadar looks a good player but Finn Allen literally could be anything he wants to be like his numbers are beyond incredible the six hitting percentage the boundary percentage the strike rate which obviously goes hand in hand with that um, from that one season in New Zealand you just don't see anyone with those numbers let alone like a 20, 21 year old so the potential's massive um, don't yeah I'm not a massive fan of like that Sam Stroke Christian type player who maybe doesn't bat that much, doesn't doesn't bowl a full quota. Or well, Sam's is probably more likely to bowl a full quota than the Christian. And on that subject of Sam's, you know, we talk a lot about teams who maybe sometimes they win matches, but they have bad processes or they make bad decisions. And RCB batting Washington Sundot at six with about five overs to go over Sam's or Jameson or Patel, it was bizarre i don't understand he, he's not a hitter at all we can forget this notion that washington sundar is a hitter based on current evidence and and i said last thing i said on the pod on monday there's no point in playing washington sundar if you've got maxwell because maxwell can bowl that serviceable off spin for matchups against left-handed batters on the opposition team and then you can just structure up completely differently so you, you with that even you could go down have patador in the team and finn allen as well so you or as a redeem as a finisher or something like that there's plenty of other options and i i, I just think that that sundar's six of nine balls i mean how many times have we seen it already in the, this ipl in the last yeah. ipl it's Someone has got a, someone in the RCB think tank has got a lot more faith in Washington Sundar's uh, batting than the numbers, or it probably any of us think that that we have basically. Yeah, uh, right. We've got a little bit of time. Should we do some quick previews, and then if there are any questions anyone has, we'll do one or two questions after that. We want to keep this to an hour because uh, these review shows are getting longer and longer. And, um... <laughs> It's, yeah, it's already... I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. There's a double header tomorrow. So, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So tomorrow, Mumbai Indians v Rajasthan Royals. I just want to know in a couple of sentences who you think will win and why, Max. Um, I, I've got to, I've got to go for the Mumbai Indians. That's the uh, the obvious uh, obvious choice, and I think, uh, yeah, they they will be um, keen to get back on track and and notch up another win after a couple of defeats. And I think Rajasthan Royals are the perfect opposition to uh, <laughs> to allow them to do that. <laughs> 
Uh, Dan, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, Mumbai, I mean, if they don't win this, then they might as well just quit the tournament because, yeah, they've they finally got themselves away from Chaport, which will be there, will be delighted about. Yeah. I mean, like, Rajasthan, if you've got a team who have got just a complete imbalance between their overseas and domestic players, and then half their overseas players pull out, they're basically screwed. So, uh, yeah, if, if Mumbai don't win this, I'll be amazed. Yeah, they might. Is Rassi van der Dusen out of um, quarantine yet? Because he could be the difference. I think he will be. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the the late game tomorrow then. So that's Delhi Capitals v Cole Cat and Knight Riders. Um, so we've talked about Delhi and why things might not all be perfect there, but they're certainly not perfect with KKR as well either. Are, are they, Max? I mean, on paper, I think this is probably a Delhi win as the. Yeah. As the more competent cricket side. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I think actually KKR are probably the team that have enraged me most so far this IPL. Just they do the- every flipping IPL. I'm, yeah. I look at their their team sheet and I'm like, oh, Dre Russ, I'll have a bit of that. Pat Cummins, I'll have a bit of that. Uh, you've got Sunil Narayan's mystery spin. Uh, Lockie Ferguson, the genius of, of Owen Morgan. Uh, and, and every IPL, it's like, you know, people are back with their bat upside down. Uh, <laughs> like yeah i i don't really yeah i don't really have much more to add on that i think you've uh you've basically summed kkr up quite nicely they are they are a team of a, t- a team of disappointments at the moment so uh fully fully behind the <laughs> delhi capitals for that one do you think their families think they're disappointments as well or are they just happy that they've got a gig <laughs> i think so, I someone's think gotta if, love them someone's gotta if, love them if I don't know. I think my dad would be disappointed with the performances of, of if I, I think, were. You know, I think Sunil Narine's dad's actually the one who's been calling in his action for question. <laughs> uh, Dan, do you have any uh, a counterpoint? Maybe there is there is there reason to be hopeful for KKR? Yes, there oh. is a reason why I am hopeful for KKR, and that's because I want Delhi to win really badly. So they're probably <laughs> KKR are going to win. Nice, <laughs> nice. in the hunt. Yeah. Uh, classic. Uh, and then the uh, final match before our next show, which will be Friday. We're going to be back on Friday. I think Daniel Norcross is going to be joining us, Max, which will be good. Uh, is Punjab Kings v Royal Challengers Bangalore. Um, Punjab, someone wanted us to talk about them in the chat. So we talked about RCB a lot today. I, I mean, I think RCB will win this game. But once again, Dan, um, your desires aside, is there anything you know, coming out of Punjab that's that's suggesting they 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 could do something here? Um not really. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean like we we spoke about Punjab. I think Jack, we were quite on the same page before the tournament of thinking that they could be dark horses if they made good decisions with their with their team. And uh I think that it's pretty pretty fair to say that they haven't made good decisions. No. Yeah. So it's actually uh, quite sad. It's, it's really sad. It's like massively oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just I don't like the way that they're structuring up at all. They, they Kale Rahul is back to his ball eating best, as Ross might say. I'm sure he's uh, sitting in Cornwall, sitting in Cornwall, enjoying enjoying uh, his holiday, watching the IPL, and uh, looking forward to some more ball eating antics perhaps on Friday. Um, but yeah, I just can't see past my boys RCB as well. So uh, we're gonna go with them. Fair enough, Max. Any thoughts? 
I think we've all we've all gone with the form book so far. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll be the hipster on this one and say that something something bizarre will happen. Maybe um maybe Mohammed Shami will just take a hat trick in the power play and and Punjab will, will run away with it. I thought you were gonna say Ishan Perel was gonna play. <laughs> well, they, was... might, they might recall Jai Richardson. Yeah, they should do both. We have a couple of chats to finish us off them, and we'll do sort of one each. Uh, so Raghu has asked, uh, well, he's basically said to us, Max, I, I find it very odd that you guys are picking on Dave Warner for today's innings. Do you trust SRH's middle order like Jadav and Shankar to strike above 150? Um, what do you say to that, Max? Yeah, well, no, it, it's, it is... There is a point there, actually, that um, you know David Warner probably does have in the back of his mind that beneath him is a, a load of absolute rubbish, <laughs> and probably thinks that if they are going to win, he sort of needs to bat for quite a lot of of the overs. I think um, the the same is true for Johnny Bairstow, and the same is true, obviously, for for Kane. Williamson. So there may be something there in the back of his mind that actually is, you know, means that he doesn't try the innovative and doesn't try to, to hit the sixes because obviously the risk of getting out is higher. So possibly true, but you kind of um you can't really go into a game thinking like that because we've said before, like if you bat really slowly and end up, you know, getting a, a subpar score. You're probably just as unlikely to win the game as if you go all out from the top and then fizzle out and get 90. Like you might as well go for it and, and try and get a score that will win you the game because a score that won't win you the game is still nine times out of ten not going to win you the game. Um, so it's a it, there is you know that you just kind of have to get get over that fact. But also, yeah, he has I mean, a really, really bad moustache and he's a really <laughs> bad guy. So there's also that. I, I think, Max, you sort of got, you sort of got to the, the point I'd make right at the end there, and he's got a bad basically, uh, basically, uh, if you're the best player in the team, uh, like David Warner thinks he is, and you're opening the batting, or, or you're KL Rahul, for the same for Punjab Kings, your job is to score more runs than you should per ball face. You you need to you need to outperform. You can't be the guy making it hard for everyone else. And that's mm. what what infuriates us about KL Rahul is that you know people say oh he bats slow for the sake of the team. But that that's he bats it slow and it team. makes the rest of everyone else on the team <laughs> has to try harder. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> the guys not as good as him are, are in trouble. Um Dan, there's one for you here uh and this is basically to rank four players in order and those four players are Devdit Padakal, Tom Banton, Josh Philippe and Finn Allen. So uh, one for the future of those four players. Who you, let's at least have who's okay. going to be number 1. Oh my god, that that is a toss That's up. That's Rishabh, by the way. Devdit yeah. Padakal and Finn Allen will be fighting for number one. Number one, they're very different types of players. Finn Allen's much more explosive. Padakal's a bit more stable, but has that explosion as well, which we haven't always seen, but we are starting to see a lot more this year. So between those two, I think they've got massive careers ahead of them. Banton and Philippi are also very, very good players, but I think the other two are going to be a level above. There we are. Uh, and then we've got one final super chat in from Rohit, who says, in these tough times, thanks for the IPL 21 and the Cricket Podcast Show for giving us some semblance of normality. Uh, we've not mentioned it, so we spoke about it at some length on the last show. Um, we do appreciate that things are really tough in India and a lot of our fans are, are, are based there. So, you know, stay safe. I hope everything is well. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I think we echo 
um, some of those thoughts. It's, it's in these times, it is nice to find things that are somewhat normal to get mm. you through. And that's certainly how we've been living our lives here for, or I've been living my life here for 14 months now, something like that. Um, so yeah, thanks Rohit for that message. Uh, finally, just to recap, you can find us over on Twitter at the cricket pod. Uh, please hit subscribe there are 315 people watching right now i know you're not all subscribers because i have the stats so <laughs> you you need to click the subscribe button uh, and uh if you want to go a little bit further than that the option to uh donate directly to the show via youtube by clicking join or over on patreon uh, which gives us a better deal in the show notes uh is available don't need to line google's pockets do we exactly uh dan where can people find you and then we'll wrap up the show yeah sure you can check me out on twitter at sa advantage often tweeting about sunrises hydropower <laughs> um thanks you. very much for listening everyone we will be back as i said on friday dan i think hopefully you can come back next week yep. we've got other dan yep. uh, <laughs> smoking this dan. friday um uh, smoking dan this friday uh cheers everyone it's uh been another another couple of good games in the ipl listening to the cricket podcast i think it was a disgraceful performance and i think it should never be permitted to happen again that is very good 